det är ju... Hello and welcome to the latest uh, Racing Podblast with me, Tony Mack and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. We are multi-tracking this weekend, uh, covering two races from my local track at Beverly, and then heading down to Sandown to cover one of the their Saturday handicaps, uh, a fourteen runner affair as well. Uh, we close out the pop blast with our football Trixie, uh, ever popular top, middle, and bottom, and we continue as we continue our season-long journey in the Scottish lower leagues, Dumbarton. Ben will tell you all about Dumbarton uh, as when we come to it. But it's uh, racing first. Uh, welcome along, Ben, starting with the coverage of the Silver Cup due off at five past two on Saturday at Beverly. Ben, can you start us off with that one? Oh, Tony, yeah, I can. Silver Cup handicap at your local track, Beverly. Um, I'm looking at a short list of two in this one, and that's... Aim Eric and Dark Jedi. Aim Eric, uh, he's a horse I noted running well from a poor draw at Royal Ascot in the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes. He's run one since then. as a new market over one mile six. And not for the first time he failed to stay that trip. He's now been well beaten all three starts over that longer one mile six furlong trip. So this drop back to one mile four looks the correct move to me. Uh, Saturday will be his first trip to Beverly. It's another positive for him as well because he's by Frankel and Frankel Offspring at Beverly on good or quicker ground, return stats of nine wins and three placed efforts from only 15 qualifying bets. Now, those nine wins came from nine individual horses. It's clearly a track that plays to the strengths of the Frankel kids. Uh, also worth noting, Roger Varian. He's got some solid stats uh, on his occasional visits up to Beverly. Since 2013, during the May to October period and with his Beverly runners that start at around 7 or less, 19 winners, 8 placed runners from 41 runners. That's a 46% win strike rate and a 66% win and play strike rate. So plenty of positives for Amerik and he is the one I'm most keen on in the Silver Cup handicap. And the other on my shortlist, Dark Jedi. Not done much this season. Uh, but as a result, he's now he's now in a very winnable mark of 88. And if they can get him rolling again, then he does have his prime conditions to shoot for. Uh, you look at Dark Jedi from marks of 95 or less in races worth 25 grand or less to the winner. On good or softer ground and of breaks of 28 days or less, then you see he has five wins and four places from 13 starts. Now he's got cheek pieces on for a second time here and if they have a positive impact on him then he could get involved in this, especially with the conditions in his favour. So Aim Eric, the main one for me in this and might also play Dark Jedi at bigger prices. Tony, what are you thinking? Well, I completely disagree, but that will change as uh, time goes on here, Ben, won't it? Um, uh, we, I've, got, <laughs> I've got perfect play in this one. Uh, strong advantage for front runners over one mile, four furlongs on the Westwood, and it'll be left to Joe Fanning to get out as quickly as possible from stall five 
on perfect play to uh, get across. Ne- not necessarily to nab the rail at Beverley. They've been racing a little bit off the rail this season, uh, but to leave options open for him as they, as they round the home turn on perfect play. It'll be very much on the inside, hopefully, as they turn, because there's a bit of a ball down the bottom there of the home turn at uh, Beverley, and uh, some, some horses do get uh, unbalanced if they're too wide on that home turn, but uh, perfect play should get across and get as near to the rail, uh, Not as I say, not necessarily to damp the rail, nab the rail, but uh, leave options open for him as he turns for home under Joe Fanning for Charlie Johnson, who needs a, a bit of a change of look and deserves a change of look in his, uh, his first season. He's not having uh, much luck at the moment, uh, Charlie Johnson. So uh, perfect play there. He's finished second, second and third in his last three runs. So uh, actually a uh, perfect player could do with a, a bit of change of look. And the uh, the other one is uh, Dream Harder. I do like the chances of Dream Harder. I'll be looking at that uh, as uh, the, uh, the as post-time nears uh, by Mohara out of a uh, Galileo uh, mare. Uh, last seen at Windsor uh, last uh, month last month it is now, August the 17th uh, finishing 4th of 12 behind Spirit Dancer but uh, that was after a win at Chester in July uh, over 11.5 furlongs on soft ground uh, beating 7 rivals 2.5 lengths off a £5 lower mark so uh, perfect play will be the main uh, bet tomorrow in the 205 and I might have a look at Dream Harder uh, when it, as post time nears. Uh, right now on to one of the biggest races of the season at uh, Beverly, the listed it's a listed race, Beverly Bullet uh, uh, off at 240 of course at Beverly, uh, listed race over five furlongs, Ben what do you fancy here? Yeah Beverly Bullet, uh, before that the, the Charlie Johnson thing I think He's had plenty of winners, more than plenty of winners, but you're right, he's not quite got the big winners in, has he? He's he's still churning out winners like his dad did, but the big ones are not coming his way just yet, mm. Charlie Johnson. So I know what you mean. He needs kind of needs a horse to land something big, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you mean by that. But the Beverly Bullet, yeah, right, big, big race at Beverly. Um, not a race I'm going to get too bogged down in the trends with. Uh, but it's worth noting that 16 of the 19 renewals have been won by the top-rated horse or a horse rated no more than £8 below the top-rated horse on official ratings. On the pace side of things, nine of the last 10 winners either front-ran or sat just off the pace. So no real surprise there that prominent racers have been the call over Beverly's five-furlong trip. Uh, no obvious out-and-out front-runner, though, this year. Possibly Apollo 1 from stall 2, maybe Silky Wilky from stall 5. So we'll be interested to see how it shapes up on the pace front. Silky Wilky is the class horse in the field and he is favoured by the weights. But he also ran at Newcastle on Thursday evening. So it'll be interesting to see if he turns up here as well. If he does, he'd clearly be a big player. Carol Burke does have solid stats with his five furlong turf horses that return off breaks of five days or less. Uh, a 25% win strike rate and a 51% win and play strike rate. So I can definitely see the appeal for Silky Wilkie if he runs again this weekend. Uh, Apollo 1 also looks a serious player. Now, he finished a career-best second in the Stewards' Cup last time out. He actually won his side of the draw, the near side, uh, only being beaten just under a length by Abarama Gold in the middle group. Apollo 1 has 
he's actually been in bouncing form, I would say, since around this time last season. Uh, his last three starts, I've seen him post his three best RPR figures, racing post rating figures. He's actually been improving with each of those last three runs. And I think they dropped back to five furlongs for only a second time in his career. I think it's quite an interesting move. If they do decide to go from the front with him, which I'm hoping they do, then he could get a solo lead. And if he can get a break on the pack, then it's proven six and seven furlong stamina. That you just make him hard to peg back in the closing stages up the hill. Um, the yard have been a bit quiet, but didn't stop Apollo 1 almost winning this Stewart's Cup last time out. So I'm not concerned by that. And I do like Apollo 1's chances in the bullet. Uh, worth mentioning, previous winners, Tis Marvellous and Judicial, they both line up in the race again. So I do just wonder if they're both finally on the downgrade. Um, would be absolutely no surprise should Beverly spark one or both of them back to life. Both obviously love the track and this race. Um, I'm going to go against the old boys here and I'm going to come down on the side of Apollo 1. What have you got for the bullet, Tony? Yeah, exactly the same. Uh, I, I do agree with you about the uh, the older ones, uh, Tis Marvellous and uh, Judicial. I, I do hope they run very well, but Judicial's 11 now and uh, Tis Marvellous at 9. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure that they'll they'll be up to it. Probably be proved wrong because uh, he's proved, <laughs> they've both proved us wrong uh, or proved me wrong. Uh, very on numerous occasions, uh, and uh, they both ran quite well uh, at uh, the in the Shergar Cup. They both ran the same race. Uh, Judicial finished fifth of ten and uh, seventh of ten for Tis Marvellous. Things happening a little bit too quickly in front of them nowadays, though. And I'm with you. Uh, I'm definitely with you. With um, well, second one would be Silky Wilkie. Another one running well in defeat at Newmarket, Epsom, York, and Goodwood this season. Um, uh, over the summer, not quite sure what he was doing in the racing league on Thursday night, but uh, there might be a new prep race for uh, the Beverly Bullet. But uh, certainly in Apollo 1's uh, stable here, um, a camp uh, second in the Wokingham at the Royal Meeting and the Stewards Cup at uh, Glorious Goodwood. Solid form there. There's no Abarama goals around in this race. So uh, I, I think, oh, Badry as well, uh, that he finished second to uh, in... Uh, in June at Epsom over six furlongs, very much in the in the camp of Apollo One, and uh, seventy two at the moment Apollo One and seventy two Silky Wilty. It'd probably be a uh, a, a Dutch, I'll probably a chicken out and do a Dutch. I think uh, Ben on Apollo One and uh, Silky Wilkie tomorrow. Very much with you there, mate. Uh, three o'clock at Sandown is a very interesting handicap. Fourteen runners. Go to post in this handicap, class two handicap over one mile, two furlongs. Ben, what do you fancy here? Yeah, so interesting race trends to factor in as well. Um, the last 15 winners all were aged three, four or five. Had gone no more than four starts without at least placing and ran over one mile two to one mile four last time out. And using those as a starting point, I'd be looking at a short list of Lord Protector, Educator, and Stay Well. And I'll also pull Kitsune Power into the equation as well. A Lord Protector brings an excellent course and distance record with him. He's run three times over this trip at Sandown, and he's finished first, second, and first. The second was by only a neck. If you look at him in races worth 30 grand or less, over one mile and one mile two, and away 
from undulating or very undulating tracks. He's five wins in a second from seven starts. I think Lord Protector holds a solid chance of improving those figures with his prime conditions and his favourite track to attack on Saturday. Educator ran at York last week over one mile four. He finished seventh of 14, beating just over five lengths. I quite fancied him for that race, but probably just doesn't stay those one mile four trips as well as hoped. So I think the drop back two furlongs makes sense. Over one mile to one mile two on good or quicker ground. He has two wins and a neck second from three starts. So conditions will suit him here. Widest draw, bit of a small concern for him. Um, should run well, though. Stay well. Now, he's been a bit in and out recently. Showed a lot more under a positive ride at Windsor last time out. I suspect he may be his best away from left-handed tracks uh, on good or quicker ground or the all-weather, and the fields of 14 or less. Uh, he's three wins and three placed efforts from nine starts under those conditions. So his poor runs at Newbury, Ascot and York this year, possibly explained away by either running on a left-handed track or in a large field. So he's in my thoughts stay well. I think he could, could run well. Um, and then we have Kitsune Power, who is one you definitely need to forgive a few poor efforts from this season. He's not won since winning at Beverly this time last year. He won the Silver Cup. In fact, the race we covered to start with. Uh, the handicapper has given him a chance because he's now below his last minute mark. And when you look at Kitsune Power in handicaps off marks of 91 or less and off breaks of 16 days or more, you see he has three wins and two seconds from five starts. So he gets his prime conditions here. And he's an interesting one at bigger odds, Tony. So off that short list, the two that interest me most are Lord Protector, and I think I'm also going to have a swing at Kitsune Power at bigger prices. What are you thinking, Tony? Interesting, mate. Interesting. I've got Eagles way on my short. I've got a short list of three here. I'll be looking at uh, come post time uh, or before uh, post time. Eagles way distance winner, beaten favourite last time out. Uh, finished absolute running an absolute stinker in the uh, Coral Chesterfield Cup. At, uh, at Goodwood, uh, beaten eight and three quarter lengths, Eagles were a lot better than that, uh, as he's proved um, at Brighton, Doncaster, uh, Nottingham over 10 furlongs, Ponty over this trip as well uh, in, September, in September 2022. Uh, lightly raced this season, he's finished second uh, uh, over the summer of 2022. Uh, he's finished second on comeback, uh, his first race for quite some time at Yarmouth uh, in July and then ran an absolute stinker. But he's a lot better than that, Eagles were. And uh, the handicapper as well um, obviously doesn't think that because he's somehow on uh, somehow on still a mark of 99 here. So I think Eagles Way can uh, put that di uh, disappointing run in the Chesterfield Cup behind him. And uh, talking of uh, runs at Goodwood and in the Chesterfield Cup, Lord Protector I'm on the side of as well. Finishing 6th of 15. Um, Ben's already explained why he's on and I'm on uh, the race reason why I'm on the same as well, uh, Lord Protector, course and distance winner and uh, running well, um, running not, not as bad as it, uh, it seemed at, at Goodwood in the Chesterfield Cup uh, in the 15 runner contest, Ross Ryan in the saddle there. So uh, Lord Protector will be certainly going in each way, Eagles way each way. And uh, I come up with this, um, I came up with this outsider, Ben, and it's called mm. Kitsune Power. 
Katrina oh, uh, Roger Varian, James Doyle in the saddle. Uh, and again, as Ben has alluded to, uh, needs to be forgiven runs. Uh, well, at Lingfield, I forgive any horse run at Lingfield um, on the standard. Uh, but he started the season at Redcar, finishing last of the nine runners, and then went to the Chesterfield Cup, finished 12th of 15, and then beat 19 lengths in the Shergar Cup uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago uh, last month. He's certainly better than that, Kitsune Power, and by Holy Roman Emperor out of a pivotal mare, I think that price and his outsidership is a little bit too big for Kitsune Power. So a small each way at a massive price for Kitsune Power and uh, Eagles Way and Lord Protector as well. But Lord Protector and, uh, like yourself, Ben, Lord Protector and Kitsune Power, the main ones. And if Eagles Way drifts out a little bit more, might have a little bit on uh, Eagles Way. Uh, come post time there in the uh, three o'clock at Sandown, the handicap class two handicap over one mile two furlongs. Right then, so it's uh, top, middle, and bottom time. The one you've been waiting for. Here we go. Footballers, you cannot explain why you love it. It just happens. Chasing a ball around a park, wanting one team to win against the other. El Mahani Rayford whips it. Oh, Jeezy Peeps, man. Fantastic. Jeezy Peeps, man. Uh, yes, a bit of pod you've all been waiting for, top, middle, and bottom. Uh, but before this week's selections, Ben, scores on the doors from last week. A bit of a blowout. We both had a blowout last week, Ben. Yeah, last week's results, nice and simple. Both of us managed just the one winner. Minus four points each. Overall totals, me, minus eight. So my usual crap start. No worries, sir. Yourself, Still plus 23.99. And your Dumbarton from last week, who you have got in your to win the league, Trixie. <laughs> you went against them last week with Stenhouse Muir. I could see you're thinking, what Dumbarton do? Oh, hold on. Boys, Tony's gone against us. Let's show him. 4-0 up at half-time. 4-0 half-time. 4-0 at half-time. I've checked to make sure I wasn't seeing that wrong. Yeah, they were 4-0 up at half-time. But then, to old Dumbarton style, thought the job was done. Two or few off the gas. Ended up 4-2. Dumbarton had a guy sent off. They still managed to win 4-2, but, I mean, Dumbarton. <laughs> what more can you say? <laughs> um, so this week, for me, top Scottish Championship. I am going for Cali Thistle and Dunfermline to draw at 21-10. to Cali have started really poorly this season. They've lost all three league matches. They will struggle unless they get some new players in. In fairness, their three league defeats have only come by one goal margins. I think this against Dunfermline should be a game where they can at least get a point on the board to build from. So a draw for me in the top section between Calais and Dunfermline. Middle, Scottish first, Cove Rangers to beat Aloha at 69-50. to 50. Uh, I fear Cove are going to be my bogey team this season, Tony, but <laughs> here I go again with them on back on the Cove train. Uh, they have won four of the last five meetings between the teams. The other was a draw. Aloha this season, they have gone 11 matches without a clean sheet. 
They've lost six of their eight matches this season, and I am going for Cove Rangers to pile more early season misery on the Wasps. Uh, they've got an awesome badge, by the way, Aloha. Have they? Uh, you should, yeah, check it out. It's a, a mean-looking wasp. Fantastic. It's pretty cool. Um, bottom, Scottish second. Bonnie Rig rose to beat Elgin City at 3-4. Bonnie Rig, they started the season strongly. Continued where they left off from last season. Elgin, well, I've started like Elgin. So um, I'll take Bonnie Rig Rose to land the spoils in this one. So my top middle and bottom this week. Top, Callie and Ferman a draw. Middle, Cove Rangers for the win. And bottom, Bonnie Rig Rose for the win. Tony, what have you got? Fantastic. Uh, I've got Arbroath to beat Air at 13-8 to from the top. Middle, Falkirk at uh, Edinburgh City 49 that's me uh, skinny one I always have one skinny one every week just to make sure you get one winner anyway uh, our bros to beat uh, 13 to 8 top Falkirk at uh, Edinburgh City 49 and at the bottom Clyde at home to Forfar at 6 to 4 now both of these I've got a little bit of a, a, a sort of strategic plan here our bros and air to win are both 13 to 8. So I've gone Arbroath at home, 13 to 8. So the bookies can't split them, and they can't split Clyde at home to four far. Both are 6 to 4, but Clyde are at home. I've gone 6 to 4 Clyde. So there you go, you see. That's my uh, strategy on uh, the top and the bottom there. And uh, then the other strategy in the middle is Falkirk 49, isn't it, at uh, Edinburgh City. So <laughs> there you go, Ben. <laughs> see? Can't, can't, can't argue with that. <laughs> Big strategies there. They've just, um, just the cat's out the bag anyway. All right, many thanks for listening. To the latest edition of the Racing Pop Blast. Very best luck with your Beverly and Sandown betting. Uh, don't forget you can catch Ben over on narrowinthefield.co.uk. We'll be back next week with the next episode of the Racing Pop Blast. Check out our lovely new logo. Thank you to George eventually for getting round to it. Uh, and a big thanks for listening this week. Have a great weekend, everyone. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, everyone.